0: Welcome to the Injury Law Pod, the podcast that explores and demystifies the complex world of personal injury law. Each week, Missouri personal injury attorney, Eric Bartlett, dives into the legal issues surrounding personal injury cases to help you understand your rights and options when seeking justice and compensation for personal injuries. Join Eric as he shares his experience and real life case studies, interviews guests, and answers your questions about personal injury law. The information Eric shares will Help level the playing field if you have a personal injury claim. So sit back, relax, and let's explore the world of personal injury law together. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Injury Law Pod. I am your host, Eric Bartlett, 27 year personal injury lawyer. And this is the podcast where we break down all different types of personal injuries what those look like, give you information so that hopefully you don't make any mistakes, that you're able to maximize the system and get the compensation that you truly deserve. We are wrapping up our series called Work Comp 101. And this particular episode, I'm calling the Work Comp Master Class. So this is a summary of the last four episodes where we've gone through the work comp system in detail. But if you're landing on this particular episode, this is a great summary of things you need to know. And then if you have time or more interest, you can always go back to the previous episodes and take the deep dive that will give you even greater detail on each phase of the work comp system. So without further ado, let's jump right in. What is the number one thing you have to do if you've been hurt at work? You have to report the injury. You have to report the injury to your employer and in Missouri, and as always, I'm discussing Missouri work comp law. If you're in another state, you need to make sure you know what your state requires, but for Missouri, you have to report that injury within 30 days. And sometimes it's pretty evident, right? You have a serious injury. You have to be taken away from the work site by ambulance. Or it's a serious injury, and you know, a manager's taking you to a hospital, an urgent care, whatever that is, okay, then you're probably covered there. But I do hear many times from people that are calling into my office where they've hurt themselves, but whether they're scared, to report the injury, they think they might get fired, they don't want to have conflict with their employer, whatever it is, they don't wanna report the injury, they think they can suffer through, they're hoping it'll get better. But the problem is if you don't report it within 30 days and at some point beyond that you try, it can be denied forever as a work comp claim and you can really pickle yourself and you got to make sure that you report it in writing. You give the details of what happened, when, where, how, all those types of things. And a lot of employers, they have a form for you to fill out once an injury has occurred And so things will happen as they should. But again, I hear from a lot of people that they don't report it initially. And then it becomes a bigger problem. And now they've got a problem because they're outside the work comp system. And what happens is your health insurance isn't going to cover treatment you're trying to get outside the work comp system because it's work related. And now, all of a sudden, you have no way to get medical care. If you end up having to be off work, you're not going to have any type of income. And finally, you're not going to get any kind of disability settlement from the injury that could be there with you for the rest of your life. So I can't stress enough. And I also can't stress enough if you verbally are telling your employer and they are trying to put up a roadblock with you getting connected to the work comp insurance. You really have to take matters into your own hands. You know, under the law, somewhere at the workplace, the employer is supposed to have posted who your work comp insurance company is through. And so you're supposed to have a contact phone number, those types of things displayed somewhere on the work site. If that's not there, that could be a red flag that they may not have work comp insurance and that's a whole nother discussion. But you've got to make sure, again, if you're telling your employer, a supervisor, whatever it is, they're blowing you off. You start emailing, you start texting, you make a good trail of evidence that you were telling them about this injury. Now, sometimes we have injuries that come on over time because you're doing a repetitive type job and the problem is developing as you work, and that's fine. But when you first have symptoms, that's the time to report it. A lot of people, again, they might start having back problems or a shoulder problem whatever it may be, could be any part of the body. And they, they might not even necessarily connect it to their work, but you've got to be thinking about is my work the possible cause of what I'm experiencing. And again, if you go to a doctor and the doctor tells you, you know, I think what, what kind of work do you do? I think this might be coming out of your work. As soon as you hear that you need to report To your employer. Because again, time is not your friend. And the longer you go, the harder it is to make the connection. So number one step, number one rule, report that injury. So once you've reported the injury and assuming the employer is doing the right thing, getting you connected to medical care, well, getting you connected to the work comp, insurance company, you're supposed to get medical care. That's the law. They're supposed to send you somewhere to get you on track, to get evaluated, figure out what's going on. And most of the time, you're going to some type of occupational medicine clinic. They act as almost, I would say, clearing houses for work injuries. And your care is going to start there. And then, depending on what unfolds, if it's a serious enough injury out of the gate, then they're probably going to get you onto a specialist. But here's how this works. Work comp insurance companies, they're there to make money. The doctors that work in these clinics know what their mission is. And they're going to try everything conservative that they can before escalating your issue to another level. So, for example, let's say you're working, your shoulder pops when you're lifting something heavy. The employer gets you to the work comp clinic, and the work comp clinic says, or that doctor, nurse practitioner, whatever you end up seeing there, Says, well, it's a shoulder strain. I see this all the time. I hear it all the time from people calling my office. It's a shoulder strain. It's a back strain. It's a neck strain. It's a knee strain, whatever it may be. So maybe you're going to be prescribed some medicine. Maybe they're going to tell you, well, take over the counter ibuprofen. Um, You know, we'll see you in a week. We'll put you on some restrictions. And, you know, a week later, it's no better. Okay. I don't know. They may keep dragging it out. Well, we'll do another week, see how it's going on restrictions. At that point, maybe they say, well, we'll try some physical therapy. It puts you in a round of physical therapy. That doesn't help. Maybe it makes it worse. Hopefully then the next step is maybe they say, okay, let's get an MRI. Let's do some imaging. Let's see what that shows. And then, maybe that shows a real problem, and then maybe they get you to a specialist. Unfortunately, doesn't always work that smoothly at all. Sometimes they get an MRI. Again, sometimes it doesn't go quickly just to get the MRI done, but they get the MRI. They say, ah, I don't really see anything. Uh, we'll try some more physical therapy." And meanwhile, You know, you're hurting, you've got problems, you're having difficulty doing your job, and they just keep stringing you along. But sometimes, eventually, maybe it takes getting a lawyer involved. You get to that specialist. The specialist takes over the care. And again, just depending on what the specialist thinks, you'll go from there with your treatment. And a lot of times I see these where initially they're categorized as a strain or a sprain. And lo and behold, no, you actually have a tear in that body part, right? Or in your back, you've got a disc injury. And now all of a sudden we've got a bigger issue. And whether that's surgical, whether they're going to try doing some kind of injections, who knows what that looks like. But this is the course of medical treatment in work comp. It's slow. It's painful. It's generally not overly helpful. You know, if you went to a doctor of your choosing right, that doctor's probably going to be more aggressive to actually get to the root of the problem and try to get you better quicker. But again, these insurance companies, they don't want to pay for aggressive treatment. They want to try to put it on the slow boat and just see if you'll magically get better and go away. And it doesn't become a bigger issue for them. But you have to remember you're in the work comp system. And under Missouri law, the employer slash insurer is the one that gets to direct your medical care so you're along for the ride and again i hear from so many people they're like well can i go and you know get my own look at things can i go to my own doctor maybe they've gone to their own doctor maybe they have a long-standing relationship with a primary care doctor and that doctor was willing to get them in and that doctor says well, I I think you need an MRI, I think you need this, that, whatever, you know, you should be off work. I'm going to write you a note that you need to be off work. Well, unfortunately, none of that matters. The primary care doctor's note saying you should be off work, it holds no weight with what the employer is obligated to do. The only thing that legally holds weight in the work comp system is a work comp authorized doctor's restrictions. And you know, recently, I had a guy. he actually had a fracture in his back. And you know, the work comp clinic, they gave him some restrictions, but the employer was trying to work him around those restrictions, but not really around those restrictions. They were trying to get him to do things that were prohibited by the restrictions, and we got involved. He called us early. We got it turned around. We got him to a an orthopedic spine doctor through the work comp system, and that doctor immediately said, no, you need to be completely off work. You have a fracture in your back, and you actually need a procedure done. And meanwhile, this guy had gone for mm, a month and a half, with a fracture in his back getting jacked around by his employer who was trying to keep him working because, you know, there were a few restrictions in place and it was just a really terrible situation. In theory, it sounds great. You get hurt at work. The employer's obligated to provide you medical care, but it's just one step of the game that's played. So, once you're under medical care if the authorized work comp doctor puts you on restrictions or puts you off work completely then depending on whether again let's just say you're under restrictions and the employer says we have nothing he he or she can do with these restrictions if that's the case then you're entitled to work comp benefits if you're completely off work you're entitled to work comp weekly benefits and those are supposed to kick in. The employer gets three days where if you're only off for three days or less, they don't have to pay you. But once you go past three days and if you go longer, then you actually get paid for those three days. Um, And so it just depends on what the injury looks like and if it's going to have you off work for an extended amount of time. So the work comp weekly benefits are supposed to kick in. And the work comp weekly benefits are two-thirds of your average weekly wage before you got hurt. So how is that calculated? They look at the 13 weeks before you got hurt, and they do an average of what you were making weekly, and then they take it to two-thirds of that amount, and as I've said on the previous episode where we took a deeper look at this, there are caps in place as to how much you can get as a weekly benefit. So an easy example is you bring home $3,000 a week before you got hurt. It's going to be two thirds of that as a work comp benefit. So do you get $2,000 a week? No, because there's a cap. And the cap right now in this time in 2023 is around $1,100 a week. So you can take a real hit if you're a high-wage earner. You also take a hit if you're not a high-wage earner because let's say your average weekly wage comes out to $600 a week. Well, now you're going to be at around $400 a week. So it can create a real financial strain when you're depending on every dollar to come in to your household. And again, unfortunately, that's the system, but it's better to be getting something rather than nothing. So that's why you want to make sure you're in that work comp system. And you've got to make sure you do your own math. You make sure that when they start issuing you weekly payments, you check their math. You ask for your wage statement before you got hurt. So you can do the math and make sure you're getting the right amount. You can't just rely on them because we do see where, whether through error or otherwise, injured workers get shorted on their weekly benefits. And we can come in later and we can point it out and we can get the difference made up but you'd sure rather be getting that now when you're supposed to rather than later. And the other cruddy thing about all of it is if you have deductions taken out of your paycheck, so for health insurance, 401k, dental, I mean, who knows, right? All the things you might have. Well, those aren't gonna be getting taken out of work comp benefits and you're now on the hook for your health insurance benefits and things like that. So, you're probably going to be getting a separate bill for those, and you've got to make sure you're saving the money to get those paid. So, again, by no means is it a perfect system at all. The system is skewed against the injured worker, but this is what it is. So, make sure you know what you should be getting. Also, by the way, if you are being brought in to work in some reduced capacity, so so let's say that you normally work eight hours a day, and now you're being brought in for four hours a day. So you're being utilized and getting paid, right, by your employer, but that doesn't seem real fair because you're not getting the full amount of what you would normally be getting, well, there are weekly benefits available to make up the difference to at least the two-thirds amount. So, again, you got to make sure you know that. Again, credit system, but you don't want to leave money on the table. Okay, that's the weekly benefits. That's the medical care. Those are two of the three things you're entitled to in the work comp system. What's the third? the disability settlement. And as I say, this is where the rubber hits the road. This is where a lot of times people have gone through the system. They've gotten medical care. They've gotten weekly benefits. They haven't reached out to a lawyer because in their mind, everything's been on track. Everything's been moving along as it should. But now they've been released from medical care. And maybe, and I say maybe, the work comp insurance company is reaching out about settling their work comp claim. And why do I say maybe? Because it doesn't always happen that way. Believe it or not, again, work comp insurance companies would like to not pay a disability settlement on your injury. So they may not be bringing it up. And if you don't know that you're supposed to get one, well, you may not. I have people that call me and they say, "Um, I was released from the doctor, work comp doctor six months ago. I thought this was done. And I started, I had a coworker ask me, hey, what did you get out of that injury you had? And they're like, You know, I don't, I didn't even know. What do you mean? Get. And then the coworker tells me, you're supposed to get a settlement out of that. So then they're calling me and wondering, hey, I'm supposed to get a settlement. What's that look like? The other call I get, the more frequent call I get is, well, the insurance company reached out and this is what they offered me. And man, doesn't seem very good considering I had back surgery. I had shoulder surgery. I had knee surgery, whatever it is. You know, what do you think as a work comp lawyer? And nine times out of 10, my answer is, yeah, of course, they're giving you a real low ball offer. So what happens is the work comp authorized doctor, again, that person knows where the next business They're getting is coming from. It's from the Work Comp insurance company. It's not from you. So their loyalties lie with the insurance company when the insurance company asks them to give a disability rating so they can make you a disability settlement offer. And that's how this part of it works. It's all based on doctor rating. And when you hire a Work Comp injury lawyer, that lawyer is going to have you seen by a doctor of their choosing to give you a much fairer assessment of your disability. That doctor that the work comp lawyer connects you to may also not agree that you're at maximum medical improvement. That's the magical phrase that's used in the work comp system, indicating that either, well, that you don't need any more medical treatment. Either you're all better, or the doctor doesn't believe there's anything more that can be done for you. Well, our doctor may say, you know, this person still can't raise their arm up more than halfway. And this person needs a repeat MRI. So this person had a surgery, And never really fully regained their mobility. They still have a lot of pain. Whatever it looks like. This person needs another MRI. And so our doctor will put that in the report. And our doctor might even say, this is what is needed. If this person doesn't get any more treatment, then this is the resulting disability. Which is going to be a lot higher, right? If you can only raise your arm up halfway um that's what it's going to look like now our doctor also might say okay this person is at maximum medical improvement this is their disability rating but you know 15 years down the road this person's going to need another knee replacement or is going to need x y or z over the course of the next few years so these are all the important things that you've got to have in your corner so that you maximize this system that is skewed against you. Again, on its face, right? It seems like it's in your favor. You get hurt at work. Nobody has to prove who's at fault. You may have been carrying something and fallen down the stairs. It's all on you. It doesn't matter. You're covered under the work comp system. Your employer may have done something to cause you harm. Another coworker may have done something to cause you harm. It doesn't matter. You're covered under the work comp system. But remember this the system is in place. The lawmakers have created this system really to protect employers. You can't sue your employer in Missouri. You can't bring an actual lawsuit against your employer. And that's why, you know, a lot of injured people are worried that they are going to be suing their employer if they get a lawyer. And I have to put people's fears at ease that they're already in the work comp system. There's already a work comp claim, they are already a liability to their employer but their employer purchased work comp insurance. The claim is already made. The claim should already be filed with the work comp division with the state. So the question the injured worker has to ask themselves is, do they want to go through the system alone or do they want to have somebody on their side that knows the system knows exactly what, The injured worker should be getting, knows how to get it for the injured worker and how to maximize this otherwise cruddy system to get them the most benefits they should be getting from the system. So that is the key when deciding do I need a lawyer? The other thing is this how do you go about getting? a work comp lawyer. If you found this podcast, there's a good chance you've been searching. And what I always say is that you're looking for a lawyer you can get to know, like, and trust. You're looking for a lawyer that you believe is going to do a good job for you, is going to be responsive to you, is going to be good communicating to you, keeping you up to date on what's going on with your claim. And you're going to want to find a lawyer that you like, that you think, I'm in good hands. It's kind of interesting, just like with any other major purchase you might make, okay, getting a lawyer involved Is a big purchase. It's something that actually, and it's even different than so many things. For example, we probably all have bought a car at some point in our lives, but there's a good chance you've never had to hire a lawyer for something before. And the whole system is overwhelming. And then you're going through lawyers trying to dial in on who you think might be a good fit for you, and you're overwhelmed with, we're the best, we get the biggest recoveries, we will fight for you. I mean, right, all these slogans, these sayings, all the things that that are thrown out to you. And it's really hard to figure out, you know, am I going to pick the right one? Because what happens is buyer's remorse. A lot of times, right, you pull the trigger, you hire a lawyer. And just like with any big purchase, you know, you immediately are like, did I do the right thing? Was this the right choice? Well, on the front side of things, you do your homework so that, you know, when you hire that lawyer, that's the person that that's the person based on your homework you know, is going to take care of you. And today we have such great resources to help do the research and figure out who the best fit for you is. And one of the number one things is the Google reviews. So when you're searching out lawyers and you're looking at them, you know, once upon a time we had word of mouth. And you may be lucky enough to to have somebody that's used a lawyer for a work comp injury and they recommended you to a lawyer and they were very pleased with the service they received, with the result they received. And that's awesome. That's the best way, right? But if you don't and you're out there searching amongst all the different work comp lawyers, then you need to look at reviews because Those reviews are people that have used the lawyer, the law firm in the past, and they're telling you what they experienced. They're telling you what you can expect if you hire that law firm. So look at those Google reviews and look at what people are saying that have had an experience with the lawyer or the law firm and make your decision on that. Talk to the lawyer, talk to the law firm, See if you get a good feeling about them. And when you pull the trigger and you hire that lawyer and that law firm, you can just feel the burden go away from you. You know you're in good hands. You know you're not going to get gypped in the system. And you're going to walk away from it getting the best possible representation you can get for your work comp injury claim. So there it is. Really brief overview of some key points you need to know. If you're in the work comp system, you have an injury, it's serious, and you're just not sure what to do. And you can always reach out for more information. Again, there's deeper dives on this podcast. We have a lot of videos out there. We have a lot of information on our website. If you enjoyed and found this podcast episode informative, I always ask, share it. Give us a great review wherever you're listening or watching. And until the next time, I am your host, Eric Bartlett. Be well.